And hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. And I don't know why, but Streamlabs just went away on my end, Matt, when I get recorded. <laughs> well, looks like you're going to be recording the bulk of this episode. Uh, it's okay. It's all good. I don't know what that means. I hit record. Maybe it crashed. It was just like, nah, dog, not having it tonight. <laughs> not, is it some new feature where it now like, oh, it frees up your screen. So yeah, it hides but... somewhere. Uh, yeah, quite possibly. I don't know. Or maybe uh, it's a new feature where they're like, hey, so, you know, apparently the future of podcasting and streaming is not doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just <laughs> thinking about it. The hip new thing. It's called not doing it. <laughs> Uh, so yes, we're back again on the Comic Multiverse, everyone. Uh, thank you, McKellys, for the subscription. Just saw you right now. It's Sunday night. It's time we do a show. We're here with all of our friends here. We got Captain Coon and Tevya and A. Carter and everyone else in the chat right now. Uh, thank you so much for joining us and watching us right now. Uh, especially now, as I was just telling Matt before we started, uh, I'm guessing a lot of you didn't watch the show from last week because the numbers have been the lowest they've been in a while. <laughs> Yikes. That's <laughs> ah, okay. It is, as I've said many times before, the comic multiverse has never been a viewership juggernaut, but I like doing it anyway because I like, you know, talking to Matt and having a direct line to the fans. And honestly, the show has never looked better in terms of thumbnails and presentation and everything else. So, like, I can't say that it's not a good show. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's uh, that's that. How's your week been, Matt? It's been, it's been very busy, uh, both in terms saying, of, yeah. like, me doing videos and like uh a little life stuff work and everything but um yeah no it's, it's, it's been all right I, I was able to watch like a couple of movies over the nice. uh the, the week that i'm sure everyone else saw like space jam and the purge <laughs> and everything i have not but i am going to uh, jace jensen i lost track of what day it was until i look at my youtube notes well you know what day <laughs> it is now jace <laughs> comic multiverse day yeah i was going to watch uh the new space jam but i'm like mm, i don't have enough accoutrement to really enjoy this movie i need i need something special i need, I need something good <laughs> before i can really get into this the way that i'm expected to but i didn't get a chance to yet <laughs> what, what what did you think of it matt what's the matt review for space jam new yeah. legacy new generation whatever like i know i i, yeah. I know it's like a film for children and everything yeah. but like yeah the advertisement then it was just so egregious like more so than the first one the first one is like Which very is pl very plain compared to uh this one this one was just insane yeah like that's the thing it's like you can't even make fun of it for being like oh this is just a commercial dressed up to be a movie because it's like no the original was dressed up to be like a commercial to hanes nikes big macs everything else it's all there yep also thank you sydney for the uh for the cheer much appreciated uh sydney saying their lockdown means i get to catch this live i agree the show has never looked better love the graphics well thank you thank you a lot of work went into them yeah thank you riviera always always much appreciated for that but yeah space jam it's like you can't talk shit about it for being a big commercial because that's what the original was and it still became like a weird 90s nostalgia topic and everything i think it's because it didn't pick one thing to really zero in and it's like no it's everything warner brothers owns you know it's you know corporate synergy the movie and and, and it's it's got like a couple of weird choices in it like uh, the droogs from Clockwork Orange getting like almost like a center stage like uh, like spotlight they're like up the front and everything which doesn't make any sense because like these people watch 
Clockwork Orange that 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 the, it's a gang of rapists. I know, and right? They're, they're in a kids movie. <laughs> but Malcolm McDowell is so much fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Where it's like, hey, you know what these kids love? Movies about creepy British rapists. Yeah, yeah. It's what the kids love. It's what they really want. They yeah, the, 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 uh, the, the research showed it. The, the, the market research showed kids want more rapists in 2021. <laughs> well, I mean, most of their favorite YouTube heroes and comedians <laughs> end up being those anyway. So. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And most of the studio executives involved making the choices. So, I mean, you know. Fair enough. <laughs> As someone in the chat said, it's Ready Player One. Yeah, and Ready Player One annoyed me too. Oh, that was a terrible film. My mom actually really likes Ready Player One. She's like, oh, I think you would like it. It has a lot of stuff you enjoy. And I'm like, yes, and that's why I don't want to see Because <laughs> the movie thinks it knows me. You don't yep. know me. Yeah. I, I had the choice to watch Space Jam, and instead I watched the new Purge movie. I watched that as well, and I quite enjoyed it. Much Me more too. than I thought I was going to like. I actually like that they actually got actors this time yes. around. Like, actual, like, people I recognize. Real solid character actors. It reminds me a lot, actually, of Frank Grillo in the second one. Mm -hmm. And I'd mm -hmm. argue this one is probably the best one since the second one yep. in terms of characterization, action scenes. There's not as many colorful costumes and killers as there were in other ones, which is a bit of a letdown, but you know, that's the, the one concession. The, the one thing I think with the purge though, is that it, it doesn't use its uh, premise to the extent it should. Like I want oh, some yeah. more, like to me, it feels like they've told the same story for the past, for the, like the three or four films they have, which yeah. is bunch of white people. And I know that a bunch of white people like kill a bunch of, you know, uh, minorities and stuff. And I know that's like the overarching, like, idea behind it like because it's all about races yeah. and the new founding fathers but, are trying to do population control but, but and like everything. i'd like to see something a little bit more it, it is like the thing where it's like well what did drug dealers do on that night could i yeah. liquidate all my cocaine on that night what if i'm a scientist can i do unethical research that night and not be stopped Ex yeah exactly not just killing yeah, what a you see that's the problem that it's like it's uh, it's not sexy though. You can't make an action yeah. movie out of that and no one's going to see like a reflective uh purge movie, which I think I think like season 2 of the TV show that I never watched was actually like the night after the purge and the whole thing was like how do you go back to regular life and <laughs> deal with people when you know they were out killing other people the night before and like yeah, what yeah. what stops revenge killings like if you kill my friend on purge now what's stopping me from coming see, and killing you the next day yeah see that's what I like I don't also like if they like did something where it's like well other countries have been seeing what's happening with the purge and they they're doing like their own version apparently uh if they had gotten season three of the show that's what it would have been about oh they see that would have been interesting yeah like the I, again i don't know his name but he's the guy who's been like in charge of all the purge movies from the first one he's like yeah if we got to do three season three would have all been about like the exporting of american ideals and american culture yeah. everywhere else in the world and i'm like yeah see that is kind of smart and it's something we haven't seen before exactly yeah oh that sucks that it, it didn't happen well, maybe for Purge 5 or 6, we can have Purge Hopefully. International. Because the, the way this one ends basically opens yeah. it up for the Purge to go global. Yeah, it, it really does. Yeah, but I, I did find it funny that it ended with, like, you know, that shot of, like, America are on fire. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, 
not subtle at all. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Which they've never have been, but I kind of like it about that, where it's like, yeah, this is a story where a bunch of Mexican laborers have to save their white bosses, and yeah. they end up having to traffic themselves to Mexico to be safe. Yep. Which, again, yeah, and their kid is born in Mexico, so yep. they literally end up having yeah, a Mexican Yeah, and the guy kid. that's, like, kind of racist, but not yeah. really, like, ends up being friends with the Mexican he literally becomes the ultimate ally they work together by taking on freaking uh bundy ranch cosplayer guy <laughs> as the final boss because all these movies need final bosses i i do really appreciate the fact that it was based in on the texas mexico border mm -hmm. and so much of it was draped in like this cowboy yeah. veneer because because here's the thing about cowboys everybody it's all mexican most mm -hmm. of the cowboys were actually Mexican. All the words, lariat, all the other stuff comes from Mexico. There was actually very few white cowboys. Yeah, and they play in that. That plays a big part in this because, like, the Absolutely. main characters are Mexican cowboys. And the thrust of the movie is where it's like, well, who is America? What makes up America? It's like, well, America is everything, and a lot of the stuff you think is quintessentially American isn't even. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Also, you get, like, some cool First Nation guys getting to fight, too. Yeah. It's like, and when we're out of ammo, we'll use bows. I'm like, fucking sweet. Yeah, this, bows, this, and the guy uses, like, his lasso and everything. This this is why people keep coming back to this franchise. The big payoffs at the end. We're going to make you really hate the villains in the first half, and then in the second half when the heroes actually get their revenge and payback. Yeah. It's really solid. But, uh, yeah, so there's the movies we've seen this week. Uh, I'm so behind on so much stuff. Yeah, I, I saw that new Nicolas Cage movie, Pig, as well. Yeah, you had a very positive review of that. You said oh, that yeah. one was really good. It's fantastic, and everyone else seems to agree. It's not what you think. The trailer makes well, it... The trailer's very deceptive. Makes it All look right. like it's, like, John Wick with a pig. And it is, but it's John Wick with a pig through the eye of, like weird like portland like underground culinary <laughs> scenes oh wow yeah so like there's oh. even there's like the world building of john wick but instead of assassins and stuff it's like chefs wow and, and like maitre d's and all that sort of stuff i wow i i actually really like the sound of that i will it's have to check good. that out it's pretty good it feels like Nicolas Cage has been due for a bit it feels like Nicolas Cage's output is like okay here's one for you here's five for nobody because i need well, to pay my bills it, it well it made me like think about yeah his like recent body of work and but and it made me think of like comparing him to like say like bruce willis or like john travolta eh. where they're clearly doing films for the paycheck mm -hmm. but with nicholas cage he never like lacks like he never just like sleepwalks through a film he always gives no. it like his all or like you know at least a 90 percent yeah, he's, he's always, yeah, he, he no days off for Nicolas Cage. No. You might just have him for the afternoon, but he's going to give you 110. And also, uh, speaking of guys like Bruce Willis and people who seemingly are only doing movies for paychecks anymore, Cage was always a better actor. He always <laughs> had, like, leaving Las Vegas. And even yeah. later in his career, he would do, like, a Lord of War. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, Nicolas Cage is fucking awesome. I forgot. Yeah, he's a really good actor. He's eccentric as fuck, but he's a really he's... good actor certainly certainly is uh tevi asking us any opinion on fear street i know they had a bunch of them on netflix i haven't had a chance to sit down and watch them yet you've seen them though matt they're fantastic the final one came out last friday and it was it was great i hope they continue to, to build it. i know the director wants to build like a uh like a horror mcu off the back of Ooh. them and i say go for it because the if if the quality stays of these three it it'll be amazing it'll be fantastic oh. 
Yeah, I'll have to check that out, definitely. Uh, I know, uh, what is it, later uh, this week on the 23rd, Ted Lasso comes back, so I'm pretty yes. sure we're all happy about that. Yes. Ne- never did you think this funny little weird <laughs> show on Apple TV about an American playing European football would captivate everyone's minds and imaginations, and yet here we are. Oh, I can't wait for that good for Sudeikis because Sudeikis was just like you know toiling in the comedy minds for so long I'm glad he has a thing now yeah yeah and I think that looks like it it's gonna stick around for a while because didn't they announce yeah. like seasons two and three like back yes to back? they did yeah yes it was such a smash hit and also talk about a series that hit at the right time where it's like we're all oh, yeah. trapped in our homes everything is bad can I have something happy and positive oh boy do we have a thing for you yeah yeah the perfect time the perfect timing for it well you know this could just keep being a movie podcast and i feel like some <laughs> days we could have a whole side cinematic podcast we definitely could yeah the cinematic multiverse the silver screen averse <laughs> <laughs> but yes this is a comic book show everybody and we do actually have some comic book news so let's get to that yeah uh, starting things off, we have a brand new Black Label book coming from one of the writers of the upcoming The Batman movie, and it's called Batman the Imposter because it's been five minutes since Black Label yeah. had a new Batman project. Yeah, they announced this and uh, some Arkham fucking book as well because, you know, Batman and Arkham sell. So, yeah. Yeah, and it's, yeah, as you said, it's been a whole five minutes since they announced uh, a bevy of new Batman books. Uh, stop me if you've heard this plot before, Matt, but uh, you know how Batman, how he goes around and he doesn't kill people and he's super yep. cool? Yep. Well, what if another guy came out and he wanted to be Batman, but this guy killed people? Ooh, ooh so original. I haven't heard I know. that before. I know. It's been five minutes since yeah. we've seen that. Apparently, the, the big twist, though, is this is Batman in his early career, though. Oh, ooh, ooh. Which, again, feels like every five Batman takes is like, oh, well, it's early in his career. Oh, I see, it's early in his career, so he doesn't quite have it all figured out yet. <laughs> yeah, again, there's nothing of real... Like, why do these writers just keep doing Batman books? Like, there's a, a whole omniverse of other characters out there. Again, like, you could do this day thing. Like, what if it was green arrow imposter what if it was like nightwing imposter yeah, what if it was like any other character the question or yeah literally any character would fit into this uh category and into this story and again i'm sure it will be fine i'm sure this writer is good uh that's Andre the problem that's the problem drawing it that's the problem this writer is really good and yeah the artist is really good this is what really frustrates me about these batman books they get like some of the best talent on them and i'm like really you guys are like top tier talent and you've just got like a really milk toast batman mm. story to tell put this on anyone else yeah and again, it's like, you know, was not the whole point of Black Label where it's like, yeah, you know, it's a imprint. We're going to be free to experiment and do nif- uh, different things, you know, change the idea of what a comic can possibly be. And by change it, we mean mostly just doing more Batman books where, you know, they can swear a little bit more. Yeah, swear. Yeah, that's literally all that happens. The violence isn't even like something is something no. you see in like a normal comic and yeah, it, they just un- uncensor the swear words, basically. I mean... I mean, shit, if we want to talk about violence, Marvel Knights back in the day got away with more violence. Mm, mm. See, that's what I thought this 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 uh, imprint was going to be like, Marvel Knights, but for DC. 
or Max, yeah, freaking Max yeah, got yeah. away with way more oh, than God. this. Oh, God, Max is just in, uh, terrifying how much it got away with. Uh, Max almost, like, you know, rubbed up against bad taste, where it's like, you didn't need to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, that's what we all thought DC Black Label was going to be, but it seems like they totally tripped at the starting line. Yeah, and just like, uh, Batman. And it's been fighting to try and find its identity ever since. That's not to say there's not some really good stuff in here. Again, love the other history of the DC universe, not just for like the material that it's tackling, but also the way it's tackling. It's a comic that reads like a prose novel. It's using comic book history and lore to tell a different story. And it's like, see, this is what Black Label should be. It should be more experimental. Yeah, and it's not a Batman book. No, it's not a Batman ba Batman's in it, but it's not yeah. about him. No, yeah. Yeah, and again, because, again, Batman's in it. It's not about him. That Jeff, uh, Jeff Lemire Joker book. I know it's Batman adjacent, but like that was that was a really great book. Yeah, it's about another guy. Yeah, which that's fine. Which hey, maybe this Batman imposter book will be about that. Maybe it'll be about this other imposter Batman and not <laughs> actually about Bruce. But yeah, maybe this whole story will be from the imposter's point of view, and we don't find that out until the last issue. We've probably Which, just spoiled the entire story. Somewhere freaking, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, Tom and is just like hitting his head off. He's just like, <laughs> God damn it. Who told them? <laughs> yeah, you're actually right, Matt. Yeah, that would be an interesting pitch because we've never seen that before. We've see seen so many imposter Batman's wearing hockey pads, but I don't think we've ever seen it from their point of view. Like, yeah, what's the psychology of someone who dresses up like Batman, but totally misses the point of Batman that he doesn't kill people? Which is why we won't get it, because it's creative and different. And like that doesn't sell to these people that buy these books. Yeah. Because, you know, that, that that almost rubs up against, like, you know, being a little too deconstructive where it's like, wait, so this this Batman imposter is a shitty fan of Batman, but I'm a shitty fan of Batman. <laughs> I see myself in this book and I don't like it. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. New Batman Black Label book, everyone. I'm sure it'll be fine, but it is just so hard to get excited for another Black Label Batman book. Yeah, and as I said, they announced, like, an Arkham book as well, and that looks to, yeah, again, be just be dealing with, like, Arkham Asylum, things we've seen a million times over. Did, did that one get a title or, like, a I think it's literally just on? called Arkham. Oh, really? It's just called Arkham? I, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Arkham, we're not even trying anymore, Arkham. Yeah, Arkham, you're going to buy this book, you idiot. And the problem with Arkham 2 is, like, arguably Arkham stories, like, peaked way too early with a serious house on serious Earth, and everyone has just been chasing that ever since. Yep. You know what my favorite modern Arkham story was? It was written by, uh, it, it was an annual during the Scott Snyder era, but he didn't write it. It was, uh, oh, who's the lady? She wrote Bombshells and everything. Why can't I remember her oh, name? Oh, uh, I know who you're talking about. I can't remember her name either. She, she, she was a student of Snyder. I don't think she's actually written anything at DC for a while now, actually. But she was doing really well there for a minute. But, uh, yeah, it was a story about just a regular patient in Arkham who couldn't get any help because the doctors were way too interested in all the celebrity patients. Yeah, it wasn't Marguerite Bennett? Yes, it was Marguerite Bennett. Thank you. That was her first book she ever wrote for DC. Really? Yes, it was the first book she ever wrote. They actually set up Eric Border there, who turned out to be the Joker in disguise. And I loved that story where it's like, yeah, let's talk about just a regular, normal inmate in Arkham and how fucked up and horrible that would be. <laughs> oh, yeah, as NR reminds us, they're actually not rebuilding Arkham Asylum, as we discovered in the solicitations from this week. They're going to be building a new thing called Arkham Tower. Yeah, because a tower will help people 
fix their mental uh, disabilities. Fix, uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, okay, whatever. Lacey, well, it's like the Tower of London, Matt. <laughs> yeah. We're going to build a big moat around it with sharks <laughs> with laser beams attached to their head. I'll, I'll keep them in. <laughs> also, we didn't see Arkham Tower in a future state, so I guess this is where the timelines start to diverge. Yep, yep. So there you go. Uh, all right, what else do we have here on the list? Oh, another new DC series. This is a mini series, and it's one I'm honestly surprised took them this long to announce. That's going to be Nubia and the Amazons. It's going to be a six issue mini series from Stephanie Williams and Vita Ayala, two ladies who have been getting a ton of work recently. I love a heap of work. And doing really good as yeah. well. Uh, Nubia, it should really be Queen Nubia because she's the queen of the Amazons right now. Yeah, yeah, it should be. Yeah, we've been seeing her in the background of the Wonder Girl book and a bunch of the other stuff there. This is actually just one of a bunch of big new uh, Wonder Woman-centric titles that we got coming down the pipeline. But I know this Nubia book is going to make a ton of people very, very happy. And if you want to see more Nubia, buy it and DC will give you more Nubia. Yeah, this is this is her first book, isn't it? uh yeah yeah i think it is actually yeah, yeah. her first like solo wow. title wow yeah good for her yeah it's good good for dc just like betting on something where it's like hey here's a cool thing that fans seem to like and keep reminding us about even though we seem to have forgotten <laughs> we should do more with this character and also hey learning from the marvel playbook and that is hey if you can pick a character like this and get people really invested and start you know doing miniseries and everything there's nothing stopping you from turning them into a movie and a tv show where a lot of people are probably going to be really interested because mm -hmm. they're like oh i've never seen that before exactly you mean there's a black wonder woman i didn't know about yeah actually and she's super cool yeah she's queen now she's a queen now she's a queen of the whole fucking island now yeah See, and then they start asking questions and they're like oh well can i read about this you sure can <laughs> that's how you get people in comics by you know getting them interested <laughs> uh now while that is going on they also announced the wonder woman 80th anniversary special obviously dc has been doing a lot of these recently we had the green arrow one not too long ago and the big thing they're leading with for this is i think hera becomes queen of the gods and gets a big fancy new form and also, they seem to be implying that Wonder Woman is going to be coming back in this as well. Yeah, well, it kind of makes sense. Like, I've been catching up on her uh, uh, her solo book, uh, and she's been, like, traveling through all, like, the different pantheons, and it seems to be coming towards an end. So I have to imagine after that journey, she's going to actually come back properly. Oh, as uh, Crimson Echidna is correct in uh, telling me there, Vita Ayala identifies as non-binary. Yes, they do. And in fact, I'm actually sure to not make that mistake in my video reviews of the stuff that Vita does. But yes, I misspoke that time. You're right. Yes. But uh, yeah, so that's cool. I, you know, here's hoping they can get a lot of great Wonder Woman talent back for this. As the chat is saying, it would be nice if they could get Greg Rucka back for yeah. this. Even though it feels like Ruckus may be fighting them a little bit. I think I think he is, yeah. As the chat is also saying, didn't Darkseid kill Hera? Yeah, yeah, he did. He yeah. killed a bunch of them, but they seem to not remember that in the Wonder Girl well, book. Well, it could be because they're like gods. They're like omnipresent, where they exist mm -hmm. in all por portions of time at once sort of thing. Right, I was theorizing it might be an imposter too. Yes, oh, all the imposters or something like that you know it's like greek trickery like hera didn't actually go she sent like a look-alike yeah yeah it was like a hologram 
something like that. Yeah, my my body double, my Saddam Hussein body double. <laughs> so you know, oh man, I watched uh, that Netflix documentary this week, uh, the Tyrant's Handbook. Man, they had so much information there about Saddam Hussein that I didn't even know. <laughs> Apparently the dude was like master of the mind games. He would love to fuck with people who worked for him. Yeah. Oh yeah, he'd drive like his ministers in his inner circle like three hours out into the desert, make them wait there for like hours and then show up and like, oh no, he's going to kill us all. Is he? No, no, I, I made you all a fancy dinner and here's a thousand dollars each. <laughs> just make them certain he was going to kill them and then just like buy their love back oh that's great i remember i saw a movie about his son his son yes. was one fucked up individual uday uday yeah. hussein yeah who was who was so evil and so fucked in the head that saddam's like no i cannot make yeah. this guy my heir yeah fuck this guy <laughs> this guy's a maniac saddam also killed his two son-in-laws too who he was he was gonna give uh, reigns of control over to one of his son-in-laws who was ironically also named saddam <laughs> <laughs> but then they ran away uh what is it to jordan and they were gonna like drop a dime on him in the nuclear program to the state so he like got them back and then had them both killed oh jesus yeah what a what a fucker that guy was <laughs> no wonder his countrymen had such a great time tearing down his statues <laughs> yeah, and like yeah. drag him through the street and shit yeah <laughs> the, the fate of all tyrants let it not be forgotten they yeah. all fall eventually eventually yeah but yeah wonder woman 80th anniversary wonder woman's not a tyrant she's the opposite <laughs> she's super cool yeah oh yeah as the chat saying too you think grail will actually show up in that nubia book maybe because we saw them fighting in future state and i actually yeah. thought that was a good use of grail yeah i make grail uh one of her villains like an arch nemesis or something yeah that works that because i don't think uh, nubia has like that many villains oh, like a lot of overlap with wonder woman of course yeah it would be nice to give her an original one yeah yeah i'd be uh i'd be all for that uh but yeah so there's your wonder woman news everyone if you're a wonder woman fan uh seems like a good time to be there because you've got multiple ongoing wonder woman centric books all at once yeah and she's a big part of this whole like new dc universe as well she's responsible for infinite frontier <laughs> Yeah, we even have characters like Cameron Chase asking, like, hey, where's Wonder Woman? Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. What else do we have after that? Ooh, uh, so the United States of Captain America from Christopher Cantwell continuing to uh, be ongoing, continuing to be a major lightning rod for the dumbest controversies oh, ever. I'm still getting comments on my video about this Same. from just, like, the dumbest people. Because it was on Fox News, which yeah. is, you know, that means all the dumb sharks are, yeah. like, circling from the dumb blood in I the saw, water. I saw that interview with that, I don't know who the fuck that guy was, but he, he was such a fucking idiot. Uh, he's a conservative comedian, which means comedian. that they probably... I know, I know, like, you know, conservatives and comedy, yeah, that doesn't line up. You know what that probably was? Some poor fucking Fox intern's like, oh, we're doing a story on comics, try and find someone to talk to. So the guy wrote to the internet, conservative <laughs> comic? <laughs> and that was... He said you got a comedian. Yeah, and that was the first one that came out, which is so fucking hilarious, because it's like, these, these guys know there's, like, a lot of, you know, whistling shitheads online who would love, would cream their jeans to get to be on Fox News and talk about this, who actually know what they're talking about, but they couldn't even do that. Yeah, yeah. In classic Fox News fashion, oh, well, we don't have to know anything to talk about this stuff. In fact, our ignorance is why people watch. Yeah. This guy doesn't know anything, but he's plenty angry, so we'll talk to him. Indignation <laughs> is all we have, you see. Yeah, who else can we talk to? Who else can we talk to? Oh, Dean Kane. 
Yeah, he talks Dean, to Dean Kane. God damn, every time Dean Kane puts his fucking head out, it's like, go away. <laughs> I, I will never forget one of my most endearing flubs online is many years ago when we worked at Name Redacted. I thought Dean Kane had died. It was it would probably be for the best, you know, <laughs> if he did. I, I thought that he was dead, only to be like, nah, dude, he's alive. And then every time he comes back, it's just like, man, he wasn't literally dead, but he'll be dead to me for a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so for this story, we've gotten to see, uh, what is it, Rail Rider Captain America... We got, uh, what is it, uh, Joe Gomez, the Kickapoo Brave Captain America, yep. uh, the Captain America from Harrisburg, and the Captain America of, like, the American College campus. Well, now we have the fifth and final member of the team, and his name is Jeremy. He's uh, an Air Force captain, so he's an actual Captain yeah, America. Yeah, an actual active uh, military personnel, yeah. Yes, and he's apparently the defender and protector of American servicemen who, if you read the news, get taken advantage of way too often. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm really intrigued to see what this Captain America is like because, yeah, it's like an active military mm-hmm. serviceman. Active duty. As, like, so he's an actual Captain America. Yeah, who's active duty and everything. Because, like, you know, obviously Steve was once upon a time. He isn't now. Same with Falcon, Bucky, and everything else. It's like, well, we did serve, but we don't now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is going to be interesting. Also, another uh, two interesting things that Cantwell brought up in an interview is uh, one of the things we saw, obviously, with Rail Rider and apparently something that's going to be continuing is that all these Captain Americas were inspired by someone else. Yep. You know, someone else in the Captain America suit. So Rail Rider was actually inspired by Falcon to become Captain America, which was pretty interesting. And I mm-hmm. wonder who's this guy going to be John inspired Walker. by? That's the thing. Like, it's going to be John Walker, is <laughs> And that's going to be like the thing that they're going to have to deal with where it's like, ooh, you were inspired by other, uh, like arguably the worst one. Maybe Burnside, but still. Yeah, yeah maybe William Burnside, but I'm going to say probably John Walker being that he was an active military serviceman while he was captain america yes and i think still arguably is in the comics right now really he's like kind of but kind of not he's like his own sort of free agent one man he was in the spencer years and that Mm -hmm. was actually a big deal that's how like hydra was able to manipulate him they're like well bring sam wilson in and in return you know we'll arm your friends overseas if not we'll actually take their guns away and you know try and kill them Mm mm-hmm which seems like something this guy might be interested in. Uh, his name is Jeremy, and that is because Christopher Cantwell is actually basing him on a very real army serviceman that he worked with while making a documentary. Oh, nice. Because Cantwell worked in TV before yep. he did comics. Mm-hmm. So apparently of all the Captain Americas, this one is actually the most personal to uh, Cantwell, which I thought was very interesting. Nice, nice. Actually, this guy's whole story in general actually reminds me of my friend Jawin, who is a comic mm-hmm. book YouTuber. He used to work for DC All Access and was an active serviceman himself. Yes, yes, he was. And he wrote a book and he's doing a bunch of other stuff. And I'm like, huh, this guy actually reminds me of him. So there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, there's your news for that, everyone. I thought it would be good to bring this up. A, just, you know, keep the story in the zeitgeist and also so we could dunk a little on Fox News. <laughs> which is literally shooting fish in a barrel. It's yeah. the easiest thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just, I, I just love it so much, everyone complaining about this, where it's like, look, Fox doesn't read comics. They got mad because they saw a headline 
that someone wrote because they were mad about the first page of the book. And if they literally read page two, it would have been Captain America saying, people are always misconstruing my words and using me ironically as a shield to hide behind. The, the, the thing I just love about it is just like the people complaining about it all the, all the ones who are quick to say oh the, the snowflakes are triggered they're mm -hmm. triggered by all of like what we're doing and then they go and get immediately triggered by by something that's not even real yes by something that's not real that they didn't read because no. reading comprehension is not high on these outrage grifters list of things no it's even more hilarious too where it's like Tanahasi Coates wrote that book for like 30 issues yeah. and he is a journalist from the Atlantic and a black man with a genius yeah. grant and these Fox News grifters didn't, didn't get their do panties anything, anything. Didn't, no. you know either a because they were actively afraid of him which I do not doubt because oh, the yeah. man is because again he's like an actual real newsman not a yep. fake one yeah and uh, to the fact that, like, Ta-Nehisi Coates talked about all the same things. You know, Steve waxing poetic about his place in yeah, the Yeah, those American... first couple of issues where when he fought Nuke and everything was, like, so much about that sort of, sort of stuff. You know what the problem with that is? It wasn't on page one, so they couldn't get That's mad true. right away. They had to keep reading, and it was actually, like, a very, you know, wordy and intelligent and dry political thriller. Like, oh, we're bored now. Yeah, yeah. They're bored now and had to move on. This this Christopher Cantwell put it all out on Front Street on page one, <laughs> and they lost their goddamn minds. <laughs> See, that's that's the issue if you really want to get these Fox News people upset. And, and here's the thing. It's not going to hurt the book. Quite the opposite. Much like Secret Empire, no. I'm sure it will only actually boost the sales now that these Fox News grifters are yeah, talking about these, it. Yeah, because these dumb motherfuckers buy the book to film themselves destroying it. I'm like, well, yeah. you, just, you still bought the book. And, and not even just that, it's also free publicity because, as we have said many times before, comics are very bad at marketing themselves mm -hmm. outside to comic fans. Yep. But when people read about this, they're like, oh, that seems fun. I'll have to buy that. Just regular people. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what's that? It's an easy place to start. It's an issue one. I'll have to pick it up. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So don't be shocked if this one ends up selling huge for Christopher Cantwell because <laughs> – of the controversy much like dungeons and dragons and heavy metal music whenever the fox moral crusading shitheads are like oh, this is bad for the children and yep. for the country they're like oh i want it then mm -hmm. total uh what is it uh total opposites you know what's that word uh reverse psychology yep Total reverse psychology. So uh, there you go. That's that piece of news, everyone. And moving on from there, we got two new books. Two new uh, DC books. Two big new DC books that uh, I don't I don't know if they're actually hitting in October, but they definitely look like something that would be hitting in October. I think so. Oh, yeah. September, October or something. Right. They're called Task Force Z and DC Vampires. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be a series of brand new horror books. Task Force Z is apparently very much in continuity and it's actually picking up on an idea that infinite frontier picked up on and that is hey a bunch of characters that were dead came back to life but some didn't and some became zombies yeah and uh again it's picking up on infinite frontier stuff but then also uh there's that hints of like future state stuff yeah. uh with astrid arkham and everything being involved in that with her sort of uh team she had involved in that in that uh book yeah, I love that Astrid Arkham is back as the Arkham Knight. Such such an underrated character. And also, I really wanted that Arkham Knight's book where she fights crime yeah. with a team of reformed villains and tries to tries actually to help them their... through fighting other villains. Yeah, yeah, because she's a psychiatrist. And so she's actively trying to help them instead of just mm -hmm. beating them up. Yeah. 
which ironically is kind of what Batman is doing now in the Tynan book where he's trying to do the whole restorative justice <laughs> thing versus <laughs> retributive justice thing. Yeah, yeah. The other big thing here is apparently this is where Red Hood ended up falling because he doesn't have a book to himself right now, but he is charged with leading this Task Force Z because, hey, he died once before and came back, which I guess makes him an expert. Yeah, he, he he's uh, come out of a uh, uh, prison that uh, Scott, Scott Liddell put him in. <laughs> his, his prison, his... Uh, gamer prison or whatever you want to call it yeah his, his i was written by a bad guy for yeah. a while and now i don't get to have a book for yeah. a bit the stink is ro washed off and all it took was killing some zombies <laughs> we see bane on the cover we also see mr bloom which yeah. i was not expecting a character everyone uh didn't particularly like to begin with but now that like no. since i've seen this come back everyone's like oh yeah I'm f he's finally back yeah, Mr. Bloom was like one of the only things from the Snyder run where everyone's like, yeah, the only new thing where they're like, yeah, I don't know, not my favorite. Yeah, he had a cool design. He did. He was the Slender Man. He was Flowery Slender Man. Yeah. Also, I guess this is how we work Bane back into. I guess he really is dead. I kept waiting for him to show up in Joker uh, and meet his daughter Vengeance and be like, no, nah, I wasn't really dead. Yep. I guess, I guess not, but that's cool. Uh, that's going to be written by Matthew Rosenberg, who, of course, is a big fan favorite of this channel. Yes, yes. He's getting a lot of DC work. Sure is. Yeah, he's hitting them all out of the park. And uh, then on the other end of things from James Tynan, we got a 12-issue maxi series, DC versus Vampires, which sounds exactly what it is. Yeah, Rosenberg's on that book as well. Yeah, they're co-writing this one. So, yeah, mm -hmm. he, he got both horror gigs. Good for him. Yeah. You know this cover's got me excited because it's just Green Arrow stabbing <laughs> vampires in the heart. I, I have that stakes. <laughs> I have lots of stakes, don't worry. <laughs> Green Arrow, yet another guy who doesn't have a book currently but has a lot of miniseries he's heavily involved in. Oh, he's like everywhere. <laughs> How weird is that? All it took was for his book going away to be everywhere. <laughs> Good for him, I guess. I mean, that's that's probably the way it should be, right? If you don't have a main book, then you should get first dibs at, you know, a headlining miniseries. Yeah. And big events and everything. That's uh, that's how you get popular again and get your own book again. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so these these look like a lot of fun. I'm super excited for both of these. Yeah, they they both look really damn good. It's funny, too, that we're getting this before we're getting another deceased. I guess Tom Taylor's <laughs> like, hey, I need a break to go write uh, Marvel Dark uh, Dark Ages. Yeah, and he's writing Superman and everything. That's right. Probably, and other, Night probably yeah, Nightwing, probably some other stuff as well. Yeah, I guess he's really busy. He's like, hey, can I take this Halloween off? <laughs> can I take this Halloween off? Can someone else do a creepy spooky? <laughs> and Matthew Rosenberg's like, I've got two creepy spookies I can do. <laughs> One that's in continuity and one that isn't, which is very interesting. Normally, it's uh, you get one or the other. Yep. Yeah. What uh, what should they do next now that DC horror stuff is becoming more uh, more prominent? What uh, what should they do next Halloween? Uh, we've done zombies. We've done vampires. We need cryptids. We need chupacabras. There's yeah. a bunch of new chupacabras they have to fight. Old gods or something. Oh, yeah. Cthulhu. I mean, everything is Cthulhu. I mean, they fought Cthulhu and Superman yeah. not that long ago. Yeah, that's true. Ghosts. I mean, I guess there's already a lot of villains who are already ghosts. Gentlemen ghosts. Werewolves. Silver Banshee. Werewolves. True, that's fun. I mean, Green Arrow was a werewolf for a minute. Yeah. I, I, you could do, like, maybe Frankensteins, or is that a bit too close to zombies? 
it's a little too close, and also there is a character called Frankenstein. Well, again, you can Agent involve Jane. him. You can involve him. Yeah, Yo, maybe, uh, what is it, Dr. Frankenstein, who we know is a character in the universe, finally makes his undead army, and Frank's like, bullshit. Yeah. Can bring back the Agents of Shade. <laughs> have them fight it up in that one. Man, they were a cool team that was a little underused, weren't they? They really were. Agents of Shade, I like that. Ooh, maybe dragons. Maybe do something with dragons. Yeah. A lot of dragons come. That'd be cool. Who doesn't love dragons? I know it's not yes. really paranormal and horror, but you know they're big monsters. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, kaijus, yeah. Jaden in the chat just said, uh, what is it, Silent Hill. Yes, they can just <laughs> fight Silent Hill. Just, yeah, oh, you know what you do? You make it like like the opposite of like Danny the Street, where it's like Silent, mm -hmm. Silent Hill is like a malevolent version of Danny the Street. Oh, I love that. And it can show up in any city in the yeah. world. There's a Silent Hill in Gotham. There's a Silent Hill in Metropolis. And, oh, they have to get Doom Patrol to get Danny the Street to yeah. help fight so we can have street versus street combat. Yeah. yeah. How do you kill a street? Another street. <laughs> Ooh, It's Michael has a good one, too. Leprechauns. Yeah, I like that. Leprechauns. Yeah, more, more stuff from, uh, like, folklore. Yeah, Mer exactly. Mermaids. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, a lot of good mermaids to fight. Yeah. Yeah, more weird-ass cryptids. Bigfoots. It's not just one Bigfoot, it's many Bigfoots. Yeah. How is there not a heroic Bigfoot? I always imagined Bigfoot would be a good guy and a hero. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually surprised about that. He lives yeah. in the woods, off the grid, helps defend people, you know, helps uh, protect the world that hates and fears him and wants to snap pictures of him. Yeah, well, I guess mate, mate could be a bit too close to, like, maybe Swamp Thing. I guess, That's yeah. literally, like, Swamp Thing's thing. <laughs> True enough, yeah. Swamp Thing is very cryptid, very Bigfoot. You're absolutely right. Yeah, not wrong about that at all. Yeah, now I'm just thinking of, what is it, uh, that movie, that Leica movie, uh, what is it, where Hugh Jackman teams up with Zach Galifianakis, who's Bigfoot. <laughs> what was that movie called again? Um, I forget. Oh, bloody, yeah, I know the one. Is it The Guardians or something? No, it had, like, a funny name. I, oh. I, I know the one you're talking about I'm, i just can't remember what its name yeah, it was, is it was like animation it was pretty good yeah it's just that i just want bigfoot to wear a suit and hang out with the superheroes <laughs> which maybe in a world where martian manhunter is a thing that wouldn't be a big deal yeah it's like yeah come on we already have aliens and robots and everything else that are our friends <laughs> It's fine, bigfoot you can be our friend well, too. maybe like play that comedy aspect like that is weird it is where it's like oh god it's bigfoot <laughs> oh she that's a team right there you know bigfoot and the loch ness monster and a leprechaun all form their own league to fight the justice league <laughs> someone said yokai yeah let's get some japanese spirits up in here that'd be pretty cool yeah to fight the league yeah i was gonna say are there any like you know like first and foremost japanese heroes in the dc universe i mean katana and that's about it yeah there well there's like it's not japanese but there's like obviously like lots of chinese teams the great 10 True. justice league china Ooh, they can fight uh what is it the chinese vampires who have like the fun hats oh, and they jump on their face and they, yeah, jump. they jump yeah yeah let's get those guys <laughs> missing link thank you chat that was the one missing link there you go they called him mr link because get it because he's the missing <laughs> link he's the bigfoot yeah uh, one of the Dr. Lights is Japanese Magmaster. You're right. We'll get her involved. Mm -hmm. 
that would be a funny joke. They're like, oh, no, we got all these yokai spirits. What do we do, Dr. Light? Oh, what, you're asking me because I'm Japanese? You assume I know. <laughs> I mean, I do know, but because I'm smart, not because I'm Japanese. <laughs> I, I just want to stress that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, yeah, and I guess that's all the news for this week. Yeah. Yeah, so not a not a bad uh, smattering there. Some fun new titles that we can got coming our way soon. It definitely are. Yeah, and I guess with that we can hop on over and talk about what we read this week. I will freely admit because I got my second vax on Tuesday and it was my birthday on Friday. I kind of dragged ass and didn't read as many books as I wanted <laughs> to. I only just read Detective Comics before we started, so that's the kind of week I've been having. Ah, that's okay. All right. So where would you like to begin, Matt? Uh, well, let's begin with Infinite Frontier Issue 2. Yeah, a lot is happening in this book. If you want to understand what's happening in the DC Universe or have any questions left over from Dark Knight's Metal, you better be reading this. Yeah, this is going to answer all of them. Yeah, it, it really does. In fact, uh, hats off to Williamson. He probably does some of the finest continuity patchwork I've seen. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's trying at least yeah he's like was that a problem it's not anymore because i've said it <laughs> like yeah where do we even start with this because again all the credit in the world to josh williamson he's spinning like 30 different story plates at once yeah um uh will we get yeah where do we start with this actually Let's start with Flashpoint Batman, I guess. So yeah. he's in he's in the House of Heroes. Calvin Ellis is trying to help him figure out the multiverse. And he says, uh, what is it? Thomas uh, says he doesn't read comics, which is the funniest thing ever, because Calvin is literally holding a copy of Grant Morrison's Multiversity. Because yeah, that the is Multiversity the guidebook, guidebook, the literal guidebook we could read. <laughs> It literally exists in the universe because that's a very Grant Morrison idea we're keeping alive. And Tom says, I don't read comics. <laughs> Oh, the chat reminds us, too, Loki came out this week. Yeah, we'll talk about Loki at the end, because, yeah, Loki, there's actually a lot to talk about there. There is, yeah. There is. So, yeah, I don't read comics. We uh, discovered that the pod he was in was actually part of a bigger ship that they think was ferrying uh, multiversal prisoners that that woman extract had captured. Mm -hmm. uh, she attacked Roy in the last issue, and we see that she was the one who actually got Thomas out of Arkham, where he was recovering. Yeah, yeah, and I, again, that, that, that kind of good continuity where uh, Tom King, I guess, kind of left them, where he's like yep. in Arkham and wasn't really doing much, and that explains why he wasn't in A-Day. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good explanation. I love, too, you know, uh, Thomas is like, well, I don't even know, even if you do manage to find a way to bring me back home, my Flashpoint universe is destroyed. I'm not going back to Earth Zero because my son hates me for what I've done for obvious reasons. And then he strategically doesn't say what he did because I still don't fucking know what he did. <laughs> well, I, that's the the one thing I didn't particularly like about this book. Like, obviously, like Thomas is going to go back to Earth Zero. It's going to, yeah. and he's going to meet. I know that's what's happening, but right now it's as if he's getting like a free pass. Like yes. he's running away from his problems. Yeah, 100%. And, and I don't particularly like that. Or the fact that Superman is cool with that. But then again, yeah. they don't know the full extent of what true, an asshole true. he was in the King run. True, but I know maybe once like Flash actually like gets involved, maybe he will know. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, Thomas only wanted Flash just because he knew him and he wasn't going to ask for his son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Flash could be like, no, this guy's a piece of shit. Yeah, I, Bruce told me everything he did. <laughs> 
Yeah, he tried to take over the city. There was some dumb shit with Bane. Yeah, he technically was involved in killing Alfred. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of reason to say fuck this guy. <laughs> and because they go to Earth-22, which is, you know, the Kingdom Come universe, they get into a big fight with Magog. Yeah, because that's where the big ship crashed. And uh, again, talk about some great continuity spackling over there. They're like, "Why? Right, but wasn't Magog a good guy at the end of Kingdom Come? Yes, but when the universe got rewritten, some people's moral alignments gotten, got reset, and he was one of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it begs the question, is like, if he's been reset, who else has been reset? Who else has been reset, exactly. Hey, Lex Luthor, did you get reset? <laughs> We haven't seen Luther in a bit, so maybe. Yeah, I could I could see him being reset. That'd actually be pretty cool if he went back to like sort of like the the scheming businessman. I mean that that was another weird thing about Dark Knight's death metal, and that is that Luther basically started all the shit with Perpetua, but then got <laughs> off at the end because he helped them. Yeah. And I'm just washing my hands of that. <laughs> I built a machine you didn't need and told you to use the chainsaw, and you did, so I'm free and clear. Because <laughs> he was supposed to be on the totality team, but now he's not. Yeah. So clearly someone figured that out. So that's one story. Uh, the other story we got involves uh, the JSA. Mm -hmm. Oh, so thank you, uh, Montez, for that as well. I just uh, realized you. that. I, I, I like your little visual there of, uh, what is it, uh, Lois and Clark Superman giving the wink. <laughs> That show's also been great, by the way. It's been fantastic. That last episode was really, really good. It was. On multiple levels, but uh, I digress. Yeah, we get to check back in with the JSA, where Mr. Terrific has to break it to Obsidian. And again, this this is the continuity job I loved so much, where he's like, yeah, well, so a bunch of people got to come back to life when the universe got rebooted, but not everyone remembers. I'm like, good, because if everyone remembered, that would be a fucking nightmare. Yeah, not everyone remembers, and some people have like gone missing. And again, yes, I think that's probably tied into the extract plot. Yeah, almost certainly. Some people have gone missing. Uh, this could also mean that, you know, an old JSA foe who forgot how much he hated them suddenly remembered, and that's why he's trying to pick a fight. Yep. We get a great bit there with Alan Scott, who when Vandal Savage tries to pull rank on him and says, you know, you need to stick around and do totality business, he's like, fuck you, Vandal, you're a shitty dad, I've been a shitty dad, I'm going to go help my son find my daughter. Yeah, we're going to go door knocking at all the villains' doors. <laughs> I love that. I thought that was really good. I'm like, good for him. That's a good moment of him being like, no, I learned what I've done wrong yeah. in the past. I'm not, I'm not putting work before my family anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's a great moment there. Uh, what else was there this issue? Oh, uh, Roy Harper, we get to check back on in with him. And yes, he is definitely a Black Lantern, but unlike any other Black Lantern. Yeah, and he, he learns to quickly control the ring by uh, learning, a, uh, remembering something that Hal told, told him a while ago. Uh, about the ring choosing people and whatnot uh so he gets to like control that but then also it seems to also control him yes because uh, it because it's related to dark side's plot because dark side is able to take control of roy and turning him into an omega lantern i guess he's the new neuron now dark side he was yeah. able to supplant him which makes a lot of sense in terms of cosmic power also, when asking the ring what was going on, Roy now knows his daughter Leanne is alive. Yeah. What? My daughter's alive? What? She's in the Catwoman book? Well, that's the last place anyone would think to look for her. 
Oh no, <laughs> she's lost <laughs> me forever <laughs> in the Catwoman book. No, no. <laughs> Yeah, shit. I might have to actually start reading that book now. <laughs> ah, she'll appear elsewhere. Uh, of course she will. Of course she will. That's just a good place to start her off and everything. But uh, so yeah, that's a story. And then uh, the other story is Cameron Chase, who's running around yep. for Mister Bones, trying to figure out what exactly the superheroes know, and basically setting up this whole thing where it's like, yeah, people don't trust you, superhero community anymore, because they know you've been lording your power over them for years now, basically being in charge of what stays and what doesn't when the universe gets rewritten and how and when it gets rewritten. Yeah, saying the Justice League will deal with it ain't gonna cut it anymore. No, someone actually got into a real, like, uh, moral argument with me where it's like, well, you know, it's not the hero's fault. And I'm like, no, but it kind of is, though, because heroes are supposed to be honest with people and they're not. Yeah, and more often than not, it's like a by, like, whatever happens is a byproduct of what they've done. So, like, take the totality thing. There was that whole thing with Martian Manhunter opening the totality, which basically begun all of this. Yeah. Also, I think some people aren't really, you know, giving it the credit it deserves where it's like, yeah, imagine if you did know a multiverse existed. That means that not only are you small in the grander scheme of these gods and heroes and cosmic beings and everything, you might not even be the original small person mm -hmm. in all of this. You might be a variant on another Earth. You're not even small guy prime. Yeah, I get like that first issue dealt with that where it's like you, you might also not be the best version of yourself there could be yes. a better version of yourself you could be the worst version of yourself yeah. you could be the evil version of yourself yeah. which begs the question wait am i only evil and have all my experiences brought me to this moment because there's a good version of me that exists mm -hmm. somewhere else does any choice at all exist in the multiverse if you know just for every person that went right there's another version of me that went left yeah that would fuck a person up it absolutely would, and I don't think a lot of people are thinking about that or giving it the credit it deserves. This same person was like, well, I'd rather not know, and I'm like, oh, so you just want to be lied to then. Okay, I mean, that's that's your prerogative, but I mean, shit, once the superheroes start keeping secrets like that from everyone, then they've just become different types of tyrants. <laughs> we need a whole radical honesty or nothing at all. Yeah. And yeah, some people's heads are going to explode, but, you know, we'll wipe that up and we'll deal with it. <laughs> And then, uh, then Captain Adam enters the story. Tell us about Captain Adam. Uh, Captain Adam enters the story and does what Captain Adam does best, and that is explode. Again, I love that's all he does now. They even make a joke like, wait, didn't you die, Captain Adam? Yeah. Yeah, it has to be a running joke. It, like, it now, really has. Like, in the DC, it's like, okay, who can we put in the story that like provides like a great cliffhanger? Oh, we'll put Captain Adam. He'll just explode and he wasn't even the original captain no. adam apparently that guy is still dead this was a multiversal captain adam that said you know what i think i might just take his place yeah tries to take his place uh by and is trying to like run from dark side yeah basically he'd, he'd rather die than deal with what new uh new and improved dark side is going to do to the multiverse yeah and he blows up and apparently kills cameron chase probably not though probably not though they wouldn't have brought her back just to kill her all over again yeah superman would have saved her or something yeah, at the last second hey i heard you talking that shit about me so i came to save you <laughs> well they they could have done that because they they did that whole thing at the start where she uh at the at the hall of justice uh starts yelling out save me and superman appears mm -hmm. again could have done that could have done that shit she had some good bits there, Cameron Chase, where it's like, so you mean to tell me that we're only just one evil Batman away from complete universal annihilation? Also, where's Wonder Woman? Also, did you guys used to have a prison under here? What happened to that prison you have under here? 
And they're like, God damn this lady. <laughs> Get out of our face, Cameron Chase. Stop busting our balls <laughs> with your valid concerns. <laughs> But yeah, so Infinite Frontier, a lot of fun, spinning a lot of plates. Again, if you if you love your DC universe and you love your continuity and you love getting your questions answered, this is this is the one to read. Yeah, and it even ends in the in the last couple of pages in the book. They have like a like a tease of what's coming in the DC universe with all like the different yeah. questions and everything that's going to be answered. You know what this book actually reminds me of? It reminds me of like a weekly series, but it isn't. It reminds me of like a fifty two fifty two. Yeah, like continuity is the story story, mm-hmm. which DC is so famous for. Marvel doesn't really do that. Marvel is famous for like, no, our continuity is the story sometimes. Yeah. And this is one of those. And it's a good version of it. It is, yeah. Yeah, more power to Joshua Williamson to try and spackle over the things that don't make sense <laughs> and trying to clean up Tom King's mess and whatever other messes he can clean up. Yeah. Well, speaking of Tom King's mess, the another writer also cleaned up more of his mess this week as well ah so i heard do yeah, tell me about this the, i the flash, I saw the panel the flash 2021 annual um, oh boy uh which is all about un, not not undoing a lot of people think heroes in crisis isn't in continuity anymore it is it's how it happened is different um so wally has been traveling through the speed force to try and dislodge something that's in the speed force that's preventing like its power from being like used properly which is why barry is like really uh slow and everything um and he's been following these surges and he's been stopping them and that's been sort of unblocking it and then he finally gets dropped in sanctuary in his old body just as all of the heroes are about to be killed they're all trapped in like a time bubble because time stopped and um we find out who exactly is this surge and that surge is savitar because hey we can't use reverse flash right now so we'll <laughs> use another evil speedster yeah and we learned from savitar is that when he was uh trapped by the flash back in rebirth when he was imprisoned he spent years trying to get his speed force back and he eventually did and it took him into the speed force and he escaped the prison and it's there he started feeding on the speed force and uh taking all its energy and it didn't like him doing that so it uh lashed out and like tried to dislodge him and that's why it grabbed wally and was trying to help get wally to fix it and everything um and we find out that uh it happened at sanctuary what happened at sanctuary when wally uh released all that energy and it killed all those people that was uh his present day self getting rid of savitar because if they pulled uh, savitar to the present it created a uh explosion that that explosion is what killed everyone it wasn't technically wally but it was technically wally there you go your hands are clean mostly i love <laughs> that they retconned this twice where it's like oh the reverse flash whispered <laughs> evil murder things into his ear to make him sad oh no but it was actually savitar <laughs> that did it i'm like wow so now we have two different layers of it's not his fault fuck off tom king yeah, th- this has to be this has to be the the most uh retcon story 
in in the in the short amount of time because this book came out in oh, what, yeah. 2018 or something oh yeah undoubtedly like yeah. shit even stuff like you know green lantern becomes parallax and kills everyone that took decades in between for mm-hmm. jeff johns to be like no 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 it was this other thing it was an evil space bug yeah and everything like no they cleaned this shit up very quickly they're like no everybody yeah. seems which, to hate this. which like beds the questions like how did they not see this while they were writing it like it's like how did why they did not see like yeah why did they let him do it you know what i think it is i think it comes down to we wanted to keep tom king happy at the time we thought he was yeah. a genius and let him do whatever he yeah, wanted he wrote one good book because he wrote one or two really good books depending on how you count it. and then it's like oh i don't think he is the genius anymore oh what's that he's leaving us to go write hollywood movies huh he's leaving comics behind that quickly because he thinks he has an out oh well look who came crawling back <laughs> is what it seemed like well guess what the guy who was your second joshua williamson is unwriting a bunch of your shit and now someone else is unwriting a bunch of your shit <laughs> um on top of all that we also get uh because all the all the heroes were trapped in that time bubble like sanctuary mm. except for roy harper oh. uh, who gets to be there with uh wally while this is happening and uh oh. he gets like some closure with roy um with roy basically saying hey we know this isn't your fault we know you'd never actually kill us that's completely out of character for you we know you <laughs> never, never actually did some other hack writer did that to you we know that yes all out of character um, and not only that because of how um barry has set up a, con- a connection through the speed force with uh wally uh Ol- oliver also gets a moment with roy and gets some closure which i think is the first time that's happened because I don't think oh, they that's... ever they ever actually got any uh, closure, and then and then at the end of the issue, Oliver also gets closure with Wally. Oh, I like that. And yeah, the book the book ends with Wally uh, sort of because at the start of this uh, arc, he wanted to retire as the Flash. Yes, he did. And this and he real and he's realized that all of this trip has been about him remembering what it is to be a hero and what it is to be a Flash, being impulsive and uh, being there, the one to hold the line and all that sort of stuff. And he decides to continue to be the Flash. So. He's going to be the the Flash now. He's got like the costume and everything, and he's got his family back and everything. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and I think so in the next arc he's going to go work for uh, Mister Terrific because he's got to pay bills. Oh shit! Yeah, of course. There you go. So you mean to tell me for everyone who pissed and moaned at the beginning of this that Wally wanted yeah. to retire being from Flash, showed that DC hated them, was totally wrong? Yeah, it's almost like if you let the story tell itself it you know it turns out that that's probably not right you know yeah if, if, if you don't be you know impatient and entitled and actually let stories run their course and character arcs happen yeah you will be rewarded yeah but i want it now though yeah it should all be in one issue that's it yeah i want it now even though doing so leaves you nowhere to go for a story exactly yeah <laughs> If you just, you know, agreed and accepted all an issue. Well, that's fun. Again, I'm going to have to sit down and catch up on some of this Flash because that does it's sound really like good. fun. It, yeah, the, yeah. The, this was Jeremy Adams' first, uh, it, it was a five-part arc, I think. And yeah, it was really fun. It was a little over over complicated at times in terms mm. of explaining stuff. But, like, I really enjoyed it. And a lot of Flash stories are anyway. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. Uh, hey, speaking of things that are a little overcomplicated, but ultimately still enjoyable, I had Sinister War number one this week. Yeah, my God, there was a lot of people pissing and moaning about this book. Yeah. For a book that they wanted. 
I know, I know, where it's like, again, we, I, I made you a beautiful cake, yes, but the icing is not the way I want it. Yeah. I wanted green icing, and this is blue icing. Like, it's the same cake, though. I mean, the color of icing doesn't mean it's, anything. Same Spider-Man fans, man. Find it's, anything it's, to complain about. Spider-Man fans, we love everything and we hate everything yeah. equally. Yeah. We are both never pleased, but also can also never have enough. <laughs> So yeah, this uh, this actually sees return to a storyline that we hadn't seen in a while, and that is Doctor Strange going to Vegas to interrogate Mephisto about what he did to Peter's soul and his marriage and everything else from One More Day. Yeah, not questioning about what happened at Heroes Reborn, but what happened to Peter Parker's soul. Yeah. Oh, did I say Heroes Reborn? No, 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 no. I'm talking like, oh like, yeah, in terms of like, right, what, right. What, what's higher on the scale peter parker soul or uh, mephisto changing the entire universe you know well it's a spider-man book so peter parker's soul <laughs> is the biggest thing i i love to you know the devil being coy as ever it's like oh i'd never tell but i can't force anyone to do anything dr strange if i did it it's because he asked for it but <laughs> oh, but all my deals are like physically binding so if you want to play me in a game of chance for his soul we totally can because this is vegas and that's what we do yep yep <laughs> because you know historically gambling with the devil has always worked out for everyone oh, who's done it. absolutely yeah no yeah. no no uh no uh uh problems there you know no no cheating no underhanded no. tactics. at least it's not a fiddle contest <laughs> that's what mephisto is gonna do next it's like okay steven you won that hand of blackjack do you want to go double or nothing on a fiddle contest <laughs> i play a mean fiddle uh uh in the same issue it's uh mary jane's big movie premiere because that's been a background story since the very beginning that she's mm -hmm. gotten back into acting and she's got a big movie mm-hmm that's what her mini series was about even yep and her director is mysterio but she hasn't brought herself to tell peter that yet because it's kind of hard to tell someone you love oh yeah i'm working with a guy who's tried to kill you on several occasions yeah and as she says peter doesn't really like surprises no no he doesn't but peter's gonna surprise her because after multiple arcs of saying it he's gonna finally pop the question again to her and, you know they're gonna hopefully try and get married all over again i do like the kind of meta uh commentary there where peter's like there's i've been trying to do this forever but there's always been something that's like mm -hmm. popped up what's up with that why can i never do this one <laughs> simple thing why is something always in my way <laughs> that's pretty funny also too speaking of mysterio who kind of ends up being a major focal point here we see him talking to kindred and kindred breaks his helmet and i don't know if you noticed but he had like a bunch of robot shit on his face i don't think we've ever seen before no no and it's robot shit that would be would be the type of robot shit you would have had if you were a guy who shot yourself in the face. Yep. Which Quentin Beck famously did. Mm -hmm. But Kindred supposedly brought him back from hell. But now it seems like he's being kept together with robot stuff. And I wonder, <laughs> is that supposed to be intentional? Or is that them saying that Mysterio is so, you know, vain, he like makes it so you can't see how fucked up his face is? Probably, yeah. I don't know. I think there's. I, I at this point I've realized that Nick Spencer doesn't do anything just to do it. No, no, he doesn't. And that is probably going to come up at some point. Uh, the Savage Six attack the premiere because Vulture is still all pissy at Mysterio for how he's been shown in this movie. Yep. Although he's he he's quick to say he likes the actor. <laughs> I like the actor. Yeah, I like the actor. Good casting choice. But fuck how I was portrayed. <laughs> Isn't it like Ben Kingsley? Doesn't like Ben Kingsley play him in the movie? Isn't that the joke? I think so, yeah. And the joke was like Ben Kingsley was going to play the vulture at one point. Yeah. 
And yeah, I think he probably would have been pretty good at one point. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so they're fighting them. And then, you know, Dr. Octopus and his Sinister Five show up because they're working for Kindred and they need to recruit Mysterio to their side. But Mysterio is conflicted because it seems like maybe he has changed and he just wants his movie to come out. And uh, he's basically given the job where it's like, hey, kidnap Mary Jane for us. And we'll let you back in the team, no problem. And it's so fun because you can't see his face, so you can't tell what emotional state he's in. But it's like, oh, is he kidnapping her because Doc Ock told him to? Or is he actually trying to protect her from the other guys by being the one to grab her? Yeah, is he trying, because he knows, like, Peter and everything. Is he trying to get her out of there so Peter can fight the villains without worrying about her or something? Yeah. There's a lot of interesting stuff going on there. Also, this is the first time Spider-Man has seen Doc Ock since he's returned mm-hmm. to his original form and stopped being superior Spider-Man. Yep. And Spider-Man is disappointed, which I like. He's like, oh, Ock, you backslid. You were doing so good. <laughs> which is which is fair. It's like, yeah, I thought I wasn't yeah. going to have to do this anymore with you. I thought you learned a lesson. Yep. And, you know, Doc Ock being like, oh, a doc, I, I serve no person. You know, I my own man, even though Kindred I'm working for now. And also I'm kind of working for Mephisto too because they remind us that Mephisto was actually involved with his changeover yep. from Superior to Doc Ock again. Yep. So he's actually serving two masters. He might just <laughs> not know it. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a bit stupid like that. Yeah, which begs the question... Is Mephisto really the one pulling all the strings in this thing through Kindred? Does Kindred know he's being manipulated or does Kindred know he's working for Mephisto? Mm -hmm. Or is Kindred even what he says he is after all this time? Yeah, again, there's probably going to be some twist with Kindred. Because of course there is. Because be that's, that's the thing with uh, Nick Spencer's run. It seems like a, a, in the you know 11th hour, there's always some like deus ex machina that'll, yeah, that'll we... appear. We know there's some chameleon serum going on. We know there's multiple versions of Harry. Maybe a clone, because Spencer hasn't done clones yet. Yep. Again, like, for all the shit, like, I am really surprised that this issue was as concise as it was. Very. (laughs) Like, I I went into it expecting, oh, it's just going to be filled with all of this shit he's been doing for the last, like, 80-odd issues. And it's going to be a mess. But it's like, oh, it's just these two teams fighting each other. Yeah, spinning a lot of plates. And again, not all the sinister teams are on the same page, but they all want to hurt Spider-Man for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And they're all going to be fighting each other and fighting him. It's a whole it's a whole rich tapestry. Yeah. So, yeah, not not a bad place to start. It's going to be going through this story and it's going to be going through the main Spider-Man book. Yeah, which only has a couple of issues. Left. Yep, only four more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, four more. So it's going to be over before we know it. Yep. But yeah, overall, I enjoyed Sinister War. I hope it can keep up this, you know, focused, concise energy moving forward. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, what else did you have, Matt? Uh, I had, let's have a look here. Oh, I had Justice League Glass Ride. Yes, I did too. I read this one last night. Yeah, this was a quiet issue. Very. I mean, they've all actually kind of been quiet issues. Yeah. The more I thought about it, this is, this is a bit of a mood piece for Chip Zdarsky. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I want to fill you with this underlying feeling of dread that something very bad is going to happen at any moment to these heroes. Yeah, but then I also want to do, like, kind of wholesome stuff, like the the Justice League have, like, a campfire and, yeah. like, go camping. Yeah, and Flash makes s'mores and yeah. Batman doesn't know what a s'more is. <laughs> he thinks it's some mores. <laughs> some mores. He says it wrong. And I'm like, really, no one ever corrected you on that? That would make sense because he didn't have a childhood. <laughs> 
absolutely yeah he didn't have that we learned a lot of interesting facts about batman this issue he doesn't know what s'mores are called he can operate alien torture technology super fine and he doesn't dream he forces himself not to dream yeah and he only needs two hours of sleep he doesn't force him he doesn't force himself to dream because he uses his mind his subconscious to like do casework because of course it's fucking batman why is it i can buy batman is the ultimate ninja kung fu scientist detective but when he says shit like i force myself not to dream i'm like bullshit no you can't because <laughs> it's like it's 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 chip Zdarsky obviously definitely doing one of those things just like what can i get away with with batman yeah. that'll oh, make yeah. like people like like people will accept it because Ooh, it's mind. batman <laughs> oh yeah it's totally in that thing like why because i said i can that's yeah. why yeah yeah it's great and he- and he has a horrible nightmare about uh, Martian Manhunter's death, and it's very clear that he's still blaming himself about the whole thing because he felt so powerless and everything. And we know this because it's John dying in Crime Alley. I, I love how that... Because, like, John is dead, but not really. He, it, it seeks to imply that he's living in Bruce's mind. Um, Somehow. But, like, I like that they're able to involve him in the present-day storyline mm-hmm. like this. Like, it's in a unique and interesting way very and you know batman's like i think this is a psychic message we're all in trouble and indeed they are because a bunch of you know the former green lanterns got a little greedy and dropped some dimes on where the planet is which means they're gonna you know be swarmed by a bunch of aliens who want to kill lobo before he can testify at the united planets yeah again this is like this is exactly like assault on precinct 13 because they want to kill they want to kill him because uh a lot of these uh, yeah a lot of these united planets have used his services in the past Mm. and they don't want any of their dirty laundry getting out so they want to take him out before he can stand trial and they all start fighting each other because this mission is way too similar to the one that broke them up originally Mm. so wonder woman kind of has to step on in and start giving people directions so batman doesn't boss everyone around like he wants to yeah and i i love i love her role at this is like telling these superheroes to get their shit together Yeah, get their shit together or we're all going to die. And death kind of ends up becoming the overarching factor in all of this because Lobo, who who has his own like Hannibal Lecter moment where he's trying to get inside Superman's head. And it's like, I think I know why you guys have been so pissy lately. It's because you're afraid you're going to die soon. You know, the specter of yeah. death is hanging over you. You're getting tired. Your arms yeah, are getting tired and you never thought that would happen. Yeah, you're getting old, and it's like, wow, you know, you, you never really see Lobo as, like, a psychological character who's like, I'm no. going to actually get inside your head. Yeah, yeah. Which he does, and yeah, Superman's, like, really bummed at the end of that story. Yeah, and, but but luckily this uh, Lois is there to help him. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, in, interesting take for this Zdarsky. When you hear, like, Zdarsky's writing a Justice League story, you never really know what it's going to be, and I think this mm-hmm. one has really bucked a lot of trends and bucked a lot Absolutely. of uh, ideas that I had. Also, thank you, Pat Senior. Thank you. Yeah, for the hosting and everything. Uh, yeah, so I, I enjoyed this one, and I'm interested to see where it's going to go. I wonder if the first three issues were kind of, you know, slow and steady because we're going to blow everything up at the very end. Yeah, it feels like it. I mean, the, the, it's called Last Ride. I wouldn't ex- I wouldn't be surprised if, like, the League actually died because that's, that's, like, another thing. Like, we have Batman here saying, like, hey, the League can die. Our next generation of, like, Nightwing and Cyborg and all that. That's true. They've, yeah. they've got this shit. Like, we don't need to exist anymore. They basically signposted it, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Which again, hey, that would be a fun story where it's like, yeah, they all die at the end of this one. Yeah, that I'd actually like that. It would be different from from other stories. Yeah, if you're gonna call it Last Ride, you better live up to that. Yeah. 
Uh, speaking of other DC books, I had The Joker, number five. Oh, how's The Joker going? Very interesting, because obviously in the last issue, you know, Joker and Gordon had their big standoff, and Joker's like, I'm not really your enemy here, there's a much bigger conspiracy on top of all of this that is using you, and once you figure it out, it's gonna break you more than Killing Joke ever did. Yep. Hilariously, issue five does not follow that storyline, instead, it steps all the way back in time. Mm Mm-hmm. And we see uh, Joker's first night in Arkham, which actually kind of ends up being Jim Gordon's first night in Arkham. Nice. Yeah, it's a very unexpected story. And this issue kind of seems to pose the question where it's like, did the Joker really ruin Gordon's life or did Gordon ruin his own life by being so obsessive compulsive about everything? Nice. Yeah, we see Gordon like risk his life to save some cops, but he ends up throwing a crook through a window, which means that guy's (laughs) going to sue him. But Harvey Dent, pre-Two-Face, manages to get him out of it. Uh, But, you know, says he has to help him with a big, like, Falcone family takedown later. But Gordon ends up missing that and ends up missing uh, his anniversary with his wife, Barbara, because he has to be at Arkham Asylum to make sure the Joker doesn't escape on his first night. Nice. And, like, he actually sits outside his cell all night, and he, you know, pisses (laughs) off uh, Jeremiah Arkham and everything. And the idea seems to be, like, did the Joker know that? Did he know that Gordon had these things so he was actively trying to keep him there? Trying to fuck fuck with him, yeah. Yeah, trying to fuck with him. Does he have that much power over him? Or did, like, Gordon just do it to himself because Gordon is just deeply self-sabotaging? Oh, that's cool. I love that this book has turned Joker into, like, a Gordon villain. Very, very much so, yeah. I I love that, you know, it's not afraid to take these, you know, more, like, you know, hard-edged critiques of our heroes. Like, they could never do that with Batman. No, but with oh, Gordon, no. they could do that. Yeah. Because Gordon is human and fallible, and, you know, maybe he is the reason that his marriage fell apart, and maybe he's the reason for all these other things. In fact, Joker even has probably the best Joker monologue that I've heard in a very long time. Yeah. Uh from Tynan. He says, you know, Gordon, I think the reason you have such a problem with me and the reason you're not letting me go is because you don't understand me. You know, the mobster, the pusher, you know, the stick up man, you can understand them because, you know, if you were hungry enough or desperate enough, you would do whatever it takes to put, you know, food on your family's table. But me, nothing I do makes sense. And you don't understand me. You can't see yourself in me. And because of that, you're both horrified and fascinated. <laughs> That's great. And I'm like, yeah, this is pretty good. It's a pretty good breakdown of their relationship, yeah. Yeah. Which that also kind of relates to Batman, too, where it's like, is this why you're so, you know, interested in Batman as well? Because you don't see yourself in Batman either. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Again, I was not expecting this book to go back in time, but I love that it went back in time, too. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, very, very compelling. Also, here's the thing. It's a great one and done. So even if you're not reading the Joker book, you could absolutely read this one issue. It works completely on its own. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, they're building the punchline story, too. In the back, uh, Harper Rowe actually goes to her deadbeat dad, who's in the same prison, just in the guy's wing instead of the lady's wing. Yep. And so he actually ends up helping her, but he does it in like a really dickish deadbeat father kind of way. Of course, of course. He's like, oh, yeah, she totally took over the ladies wing. Yeah, she's running the whole thing now. Everyone's freaking terrified of her. (laughs) But he says, if I had to guess what she wants is actually inside prison. She's looking to kill like a girl who was mean to her in high school who is in jail now. (laughs) 
and we see that woman who is just like trembling in fear because she knows, but no one else knows yet. Ah, that's cool. Which I love that thing with Punchline where it's like, oh, she's such a high concept villain. She has these amazing plans. No, she's like an active school shooter who's yeah. like trying to kill someone who is mean to her and doesn't care how many lives she ruins yeah. on the way there. Yeah, she thinks she's uh, a lot better than what she actually is. Yeah, A lot, she a lot thinks... more than what she actually is. She is, and I think that totally tracks where it's like, yeah, you know, real world villains aren't these big super villains. They're actually very easy yeah. to decipher. Yeah. Yeah, so Joker continues to be great. That's pretty cool. Well, speaking of Joker, I had Matthew Rosenberg's Puzzle Box uh, Joker book. Uh, Joker right. presents Puzzle Box. I had issues two and three, and boy, did I th- did the story like utterly change between these oh, issues? Oh, yeah, but but it's like great. It's fantastic still. Um, so in the first issue, we learned that Edward Edward Nigma was killed, and Joker is like brought in to like sort of discuss with uh gordon uh what happened because he's the only villain who will talk to the police um and we learn in the second issue that edward was after something called the machine box which it's not outrightly stated but it's pretty much a mother box um and he he teams up with uh uh, a guy from the cobra cult to go and like find this uh, find the box in like a temple it's like very indiana jones like it's like traps and everything and he's got to decipher like the riddles and everything in the in the room um mm. and he thinks he's going to get the box but it ends up being like a key that uh was left by uh the fourth world gods um and there's five of them and he, when you gather all five of them they can unlock this box um, so he's got to gather up all five of them, but he knows he can't do that alone. So he wants to uh, talk with some of the other villains of Gotham into like sort of a partnership. And he goes to goes mm. to Joker, and uh, J- the Joker meets him at like a bare knuckle boxing match, and <laughs> and uh, he's just like, "This is a terrible plan, Edward. You shouldn't do this. Like, no one really likes you. Like, no one's gonna want to do this because you'll just like." uh betray them and all that sort of stuff and but but what he does as well is he like starts fucking with edward and like sort of telling him it's like well if you were to do this <laughs> what i would do is i would get five you know easily paid villains and like send them out to do my dirty <laughs> like all that sort of stuff so he, en- the idea so he ends brain. up so he ends up doing that and he ends up like recruiting uh who the hell did he recruit he recruited black mask killer moth uh bane i think right uh all the just like all, all these like kind of like run-of-the-mill villains uh here here i've got actual lists he's you've got bane harley quinn black mask killer moth and professor pig oh. and, and he sort of cuts them in on the deal and it's like look go get me these keys and i'll cut you in uh but what he doesn't realize is that there is another team listening to him because joker leaks the information uh this team is uh mad hatter catwoman penguin two-face scarecrow and man bat and they and in the third issue it's all about uh roman sionis going after this key which is in like the russian wilderness in like uh in like the snow and everything and it's like uh these guys like dug it up at like a, a gulag mine and he goes and like goes to buy it and he's he's doing like business deals with like russian mafia and that's when um two-face shows up for the key and it ends up with them like fighting each other 
and uh two-face thinks he's got like one over on roman has actually killed roman but he he, because of the mask he's able to like hide in plain (laughs) sight sort of thing because no one knows like what his face really looks like and he uh, ends up getting the key and yeah it's just like completely different from those first two issues which was all about like joker's unreliable narration sort of thing it's just Mm. like changed into this uh this great like villain versus villain fight each issue and i guess each issue is just going to be like a villain yeah fighting at yeah. one issue i don't i think the next issue is like harley quinn versus someone yeah wow you uh you weren't kidding because at first we thought like oh it's going to be like a david fincher what's yeah. in the box yeah, seven yeah. type of affair now it's like a cosmic treasure hunt it's a yeah. mad mad world with super villains yeah okay you've you've double sold me on this now i may have to circle back to this one at some point because that sounds very different i love the it's all actually about villains yeah it's great all right i i dig that i dig that a lot uh i had an x-men book this week i had way of x yeah uh again this is the smartest x-men book on the shelf no doubt about it maybe one of the smartest marvel comics they're coming out with right now Mm mm-hmm Every issue is deep and multifaceted and thematic. They pick one topic and they dig deep into it. They talked about religion. They talked about sex and intimacy. This issue is all about law and order and the concept of justice. Nice. So there's that woman lost that Nightcrawler has been helping. And we know that Fabian Cortez did something absolutely horrible to her. Mm Mm-hmm. The question is where it's like, well, how do we, uh, what is it? How how do we bring him to justice for this thing he did? And Legion says, well, you can't because part of Krakow is all the villains got their slates wiped clean. Yep. They, they got off scot-free. Everyone got off scot-free. So unfortunately you can't go back and punish him for something he did before. And Nightcaller's like, well, that feels fucking terrible. He ruined this poor woman. Yep. You know, I, I, I can't I cannot believe that that's the thing. And Legion says, well, you know, Krakoa's laws are also fucked up. You can't be punished for crimes you committed in the past unless your name is Sabretooth, in which case they give you the harshest punishment for a crime that you were told to commit by them before the laws were even written. Again, I, I love that they're like they did they did that in the sword book where it's like, oh, the rules only seem to apply to like the quiet council and it's like who they choose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. We also find out that Mars has a super volcano that's creating a bunch of dust storms that dust has to deal with. Dust the mutant because she's like, yeah. After Magneto and all the Omega mutants, yeah, my left time to and, shine. <laughs> yeah, they left and they're like, oh, you know, mission accomplished. But there's actually like still a lot of problems on the planet that other mutants have to come and clean up you, now. You would think that when they were creating that, that they would have thought about that, wouldn't they? They'd be like, no, we'll make it so that like none of this ever happens. It's like good weather all the time, no storms or anything, unless we want it to happen perfect perfect oversight on their part there where it's like no we're gods we're creating a world we don't need to do any of that could also fit into the story where they they kind of view arako as like a lesser than because they're all like like mindless warlike savages well here's the thing uh the arako people they love the killer dust storms they're like yeah survival (laughs) of the fittest killer dust storms make us strong And Dust is like, oh, no, you idiots. Also, we want to have alien-like consulates and stuff here on the yeah. planet so we can't have killer dust storms. So I guess I need to deal with it. <laughs> so that's pretty fucking dope. That's cool. That's dope. Uh, what is it? Uh, Nightcrawler goes to find Fabian Cortez to try and have like a big uh, showdown with him to try and get him to you know face some manner of justice. And we see that he's in the park with Gorgon. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Gorgon, who they've resurrected after his big heroic final stand yep. there in Otherworld. And like every other mutant who died in Otherworld, he's come back all fucked up in the head. Yeah. He's basically a child now. Oh, no. He can't was, control was that him. the last time he saved? Yeah, really. Oh, yeah. He needed to do more saves. He, he, he turned autosave off. <laughs> Oh no, terrible. So yeah, there's like a bunch of like humans in the park throwing garbage at him and shit and oh, he's no. clearly going to he's clearly going to freak out and stone them all and Fabian is just sitting there and it's like, "Yeah, you know, uh, my power is to boost other people's power." So I'm just sitting here watching how this happens <laughs> and you know, my powers are freaking gorgon out even more and Nightcrawler's like, "You fuck, you actually want him to kill all these people." He's like, "No, Kirk, I want to force you into an unwinnable moral uh, decision." I love that ever since uh in that sort issue where the quiet council fucked uh cortez over he's just gone around to all these books and just been like i don't give a fuck anymore i'm just i'm he's, gonna be a villain <laughs> he's being king asshole and dr yeah. nemesis like you know the interesting thing about cortez is in the human world he was a rich spoiled brat of high society mm -hmm. but in the mutant world he's on everyone's shit list so yeah. he is both a martyr and an oppressed individual <laughs> at the same time <laughs> And uh, his big thing there is like, okay, Kurt, so, you know, you could kill me and stop this horrible thing from happening, but mm -hmm. that would be murder, mm -hmm. which would be a sin for you. Uh, you could throw yourself in front of Gorgon's attack, but that would be suicide, and you would go to hell because you're such a devout Christian. You know, are you willing to do that and just, you know, hope you're <laughs> resurrected? You could, was, you could kill the humans, but you would be breaking the murder no man thing. Or you could kill Gorgon, even though he's literally a child now and doesn't understand. So what are you going to do, asshole? <laughs> That's great. And Nightcrawler gets out of it in the best way possible. He's like, fuck you, Cortez, you son of a bitch. There's always another way. And what he does is he, like, steals an ice cream truck there and, like, falls into it and basically does, like, three Stooges pratfalls to where the humans aren't looking at Gorgon anymore and they're all looking and pointing and laughing at him. <laughs> And that pisses Cortez off even more. He's like, why? Why did you save Gorgon? He killed way more people than I've ever killed. <laughs> why? Why did you do that? And like Nightcrawler just punches the shit out of him. It's like, fuck you. You may not have actually broken any laws by Krakoan standards, and I can't take you to the council for punishment, but I'm taking you to Lost for punishment is the thing. She's going to get to decide what happens with you. We're doing restorative justice, motherfucker. <laughs> nice. And we get some more stuff with Legion and Onslaught that's cool. But this is like a great morality issue. That's awesome. That that's what it's talking about. It's like, you know, how does one dispense law and order and justice in a place like Krakoa where everything is so fucked up and topsy-turvy all the time? <laughs> the answer is you got to try a little bit harder. And Nightcrawler does want to try a little harder. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it was very, very nice. Cool. Um, uh, what else did you have? Uh, I had Action Comics 2021 Annual. Right, okay, see, I was going to read this, but I knew this was a continuation of House of L mm -hmm. from Future State, which I didn't read, so I haven't read this yet. Well, this book takes place before that Future State book. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so this issue is all about, and it, and it's and it ties into Action Comics. Oh, good. Um, because the story, the wraparound, is uh, a a tale told to uh, Thal La, that woman, uh, that theologian Kryptonian who uh, uh, Clark saved from that ship. Um, she's a little girl on Apocalypse, uh, not Apocalypse, Warworld, and she's told this story by a guy who may or no may not be a like a time traveler. It's like left vague where he's like, because uh, she asks like, how does he 
like know all this like how his mm. stories like have that a realness to him and he's like ah, i'll never tell <laughs> i might be from the future maybe i don't know um but yeah the story is about uh allura van l marrying khan who is a philosian kryptonian right. uh, of Warworld, the greatest uh, uh warrior on Warworld prime um and uh that yeah they're about to get the existence of more war worlds yeah they're about to get married they're about they're getting married by uh superwoman kara uh who looks exactly like she does in her future state book um because oh. she like rules over sanctuary and everything on the moon right um right. and their uh wedding gets attacked by Phyros, the evil son of superman and cersei right the guy in the red with the little skull and everything yeah uh the, he's a kryptonian with magic powers as well so he's extra dangerous um, hell of and, a combination and, and he brings them a uh a wedding gift because in uh in, in the traditions of the house of El, what they have to do is that when some when two people are getting married the male has to like uh do a show of strength uh, uh feats of strength yeah it's pretty much and 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 he is is uh he has to fight someone in uh allura's family and he was originally going to fight brandon kent who is the superman of earth at this point oh. in time um but before that happens fira showed up and he showed up with a phantom zone projector and he threw the oh. whole family into the phantom zone what a dickhead <laughs> uh so the family are trapped in the phantom zone which uh over the course of thousands of years has changed dramatically uh, it's now like infested with monsters and everything and the family ends up getting saved uh by hank henshaw uh, oh shit the cyborg superman who had been trapped in there since action comics issue 984 wow they actually referenced that yeah yeah holy fuck that's cool yeah he's been in there for a lot longer than he was meant to be um <laughs> and uh he's like okay i know a way that you guys can get off and it's and i'm glad you brought brainiac 4 with you because he'll be able to get us out of here um so they travel through the uh the the phantom zone and as we learn it, it probably like the most characterization the phantom zone has ever got we learn the phantom zone isn't actually a dimension it's the mind of a god oh yeah, because uh, the House of El think that Jor-El was the one who created the Phantom Zone, and it's, yeah. it's like a prison. And Hank's like, no, no, Jor-El just discovered he like he like uh, stumbled upon it, and without ever doing any research on it, he just started wantonly throwing criminals inside of it. And then his son did the exact same thing. Uh, and <laughs> as we learned, uh, this uh, place belong is the mind of a being called Ether and uh ether was asleep the whole time and it was fine and that's why they were able to like be in this zone and be like sort of immortal in their like consciousness spirit ghost form sort of thing um but when then ether woke up and when that happened everything went to shit and all the monsters they've been fighting throughout this time are past inmates and were once Ooh. kryptonians or whatever they were beforehand but they've been uh transformed into these monsters thanks to the influence of ether and their mind um so they keep traveling and then they find what they are going to get out of the phantom zone with and that is a mother box which is housed oh. in the dead body of mr miracle oh shit well um, which mr miracle is it the other mr miracle who we've been uh, seeing in the superman no, books? it's scott it's scott oh, okay 
he couldn't escape the phantom zone <laughs> which that's a hell i, I want to know that story how the yeah. fuck did he did he do it just to try like i bet i could escape the phantom zone well, and superman's like bet you can well it's in, it, it's implied that him and hank henshaw tried to escape uh at oh. some point like uh he uh, mr miracle somehow got trapped in there and hank tried to help him or something but as we learn out that we actually learned that hank actually murdered scott uh he killed him because he couldn't get out and uh hank was intending on using brainiac 4 to get himself out and leave the family trapped there because for like revenge against superman for trapping him there he's an asshole um but the family all end up getting out and defeating Fyros and uh trapping his forces in the phantom zone and they let uh they let uh hank uh go they let him go they give him a um what did Kara say? Like a uh, like a pass. He's a they they absolve him of all his crimes because time sir. because yeah because Clark Kent wouldn't want him to be trapped in there. Clark was obviously trying to like help him mm. and and everything, and he wouldn't want that. And uh, yeah, the book ends with uh, the wedding continuing and uh, Khan and Allura marrying. Nice. Yeah, it's 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 a nice story. And then yeah, there's just some like huge stuff like the whole thing with them Phantom Zone is so cool and interesting. And I and I guess like all that stuff's going to come back in in Philip Kennedy Johnson's run on the book. You as would well. think it would have to because yeah, why well, else he, would you bring it up? Yeah, again, he keeps building up all these sorts of stuff and with Thalar and all, all that sort of stuff. So yeah. It's good to know I don't have to read the Future State book. I can hop in and read yeah. this one then. Yeah, this is like a prequel to that okay good because i was worried because i'm like oh god do i gotta go back and read that whole one before i can no. read this no okay good good i'm glad you told me that there I, I will have that i will have my video on that out earlier this week or next this <laughs> sometime this week earlier this it's a pre <laughs> what i'm tired okay <laughs> what was that it for you this week matt was that everything you had you want a lightning round anything you have left pretty much yeah pretty much all i had uh i had thor thor was good he talks to captain america about yeah. uh about life and whether or not he's fit to be king and keep the hammer because the hammer yep. is literally challenging him now yeah he's got alzheimer's yeah yeah he's got asgardian alzheimer's which is the thing apparently when you're a god and travel through different realms sometimes you know thousands of years just blink in an eye yeah which is kind of horrifying isn't it, it? it is it's really horrifying yeah, I forget the faces of my Earth friends because sometimes I've come to Midgard and all my, you know, human friends have been yeah, dead. I think I've, I've come like, you know, a little bit like a year later or something, but it's really been, you know, thousands of years. Yeah, it's like a fucked up time dilation, which yeah. I guess makes sense because, you know, it's very it's very presumptuous of us Earthlings to assume that all beings perceive time in the same way we do. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, if you were a mortal, yeah, like a hundred years is nothing to you. A hundred no. years is taking a dump. Yeah. <laughs> Takes me a hundred years to take a dump sometimes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that one was pretty solid. And again, you know, uh, Donny Gates bringing Thorne to some rather interesting directions. Yeah. Uh, well, I was just lightning around. I had Iron Man issue 10. And yeah, that's just oh, Tony yeah. Stark developing a morphine addiction and living, living on a hippie commune. <laughs> okay see look there's been a lot of reasons i've wanted to pick up that book but when you told me about that on twitter i'm like oh, okay i gotta see what this is about. it's really fucking cool because he knows like he's like okay i should i need this morphine to like live because he's still in the armor after like korvac broke his neck he has to like live in the armor otherwise he'll die and he needs the morphine to like so he doesn't go into shock and he's like okay oh, wow. I, I need this to live but i'm gonna like crank it up a little bit because it feels fucking good because <laughs> i'm an addict yeah yeah and he's like i i am very well aware this is going to be a problem but it's a problem i'm gonna have to deal with after korvac 
is it's not going to be demon in a bottle. It's going to be demon in an IV, demon in my veins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Going to have to have a big superhero uh, freaking, what is it, intervention for Iron Man. <laughs> Which, honestly, yeah, I'm shocked no one's tried to do that. Where it's like, yeah, if you're an addict on one thing, you'll get addicted to other shit, too. It happens. Yeah, yeah. More often than you would think. So it's like, yeah, he backslides into a completely separate addiction. <laughs> and how can you make a man go to rehab? It was like, ah, I can have the mind of God. I can invent friggin' killer war suits. <laughs> you can't make me go to rehab if I, I don't want to. Invent a suit that's just just uh, morphine. <laughs> <laughs> the morphine, the morphine armor. He, he, he's he's like delicious. useless in the battle. He's just chilling. <laughs> it's just all syringes yeah. all the time. <laughs> And now everyone uh, will get my addiction. <laughs> there you go. I guess before we're done, we should uh, talk about Loki because we promised we would. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, it ended its run. It was a short run. It was only six episodes. Mm -hmm. It's also one of the only shows that straight up promises, yeah, we're coming back for a season two. Yeah, in in, in a post credit scene. <laughs> Very much so. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, we're we're doing season two. Don't don't worry. It's it's happening. It's real. Yeah. It's definitely real. Uh, genuinely, uh, I mean, I knew I was going to like it because I'm an easy lay for this shit. I'm shocked everyone else liked this one as much as they did. The casual fans and just mm. the regular people fans. I assumed that everyone was going to hate this ending when I, when I watched it originally. Same, same, because it's very much an ending you need to have like some type of comic knowledge for or like it yes. helps if you have some type of com comic knowledge I, for but yeah I, I've, I've talked to people who don't really who don't know really anything about like kang or anything like that and they're like oh we we loved it yeah that's uh, i mean that's good that means they're doing their fucking job right making these shows yeah because again it's a total comic ending is what it is it's like hey you liked that six issue miniseries great be sure to keep your eyes peeled for the new event coming soon is what it is <laughs> that's totally the ending it was oh yeah this this whole thing we, we yeah we find out that the season is basically like one big like uh zero issue for like yeah. the, the, the next big event <laughs> For everything else that's happening in the universe uh so yeah we got to see jo jonathan majors yes the big final boss of time behind everything was kang but not the kang we know no it's a, a it's he who remains but they've merged him that character with kang because he who remains doesn't really have much to go on anyway no. anyway so like making him a kang is is fine makes a lot of sense yeah they never call him kang no he alludes to being a conqueror but they never call him kang he yeah, is cool. the one that remains well, because he's not the kang the conqueror he's no. that'll be the one that'll run that tva that we saw at the end of the issue uh, the episode also that's the one that we're going to be meeting in ant-man yeah why well, are we though because again, because again, different... I, I again I thought it's like which version because he mentions multiple versions. Which version are we going to see in Ant Man? Uh, I think we're going to see all of them. I think we're going to yeah, see yeah. Immortus and Scarlet Centurion. Yeah, I think we're going to see every version of them. That'd be pretty cool. Nathaniel Richards when yep. we eventually get to that. Yep. I mean, hell, when uh, what is it? Not Kang, you know, the one that remains gives his origin story. He's like, yeah, you know, a bunch of different versions of myself started meeting from other timelines and other universes mm -hmm. and hanging out and swapping secrets. And I'm like, is he is he talking about the Council of Reeds? That's what I, I think thought he's as well. He's made that, that Council of Kangs. He's basically talking about the Council of Reeds. Holy shit! Yeah, Iron Lad too, because again, they keep teasing a Young Avengers team. And hey, mm -hmm. who's a Young Avenger? Iron Lad. Yep. So that's definitely an option. And uh, yeah, I mean, like 60% of this episode is just characters sitting around giving each other exposition. It's really good exposition. Yeah. It's exposition. 
that yeah usually i have like a problem with that sort of stuff but it was like yeah excellent exposition i mean jonathan majors really only has one job as kang and that is like hey make him likable make me care about getting to see him a bunch more times because that's what we're going to be doing because let's face it comic kang is genuinely pretty fucking boring yeah yeah he does time shit. He exists to, again, patch up continuity holes sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this seems like they've they completely redid uh, Kang. And, and, and just uh, having Jonathan Majors play him was fantastic. Like, the, the, the one he played in this uh, episode was just so much fun. Yeah, like, literally, the first scene you see him when he appears and he's just sitting down, he's like, ooh, company. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's wearing Birkenstocks and, like, a bathrobe and like yeah, yeah he's just having fun he's just so bored because he hasn't gotten to talk to anyone at the end of time for so yeah. long and and he's so tired he basically wants out of it he challenges loki and sylvia it's like make it so i don't have to do this job anymore yeah, make it interesting <laughs> it's like look i'm gonna win regardless because when you have mastery over time it means you never lose either you leave me be and become my agents and the you know wheel just keeps on ticking away as it always has or you kill me and i basically get to retire and my other variants will come and kill you yeah so i win regardless and this ends up becoming kind of what was always the focus of the show and that is you know order versus anarchy is it okay to accept one for the other you know radical freedom you know living under you know a universe where your choices ultimately don't matter and shockingly loki despite being you know at the beginning of the show mr anarchy mr mischief ultimately tries to defend the one timeline yeah he he becomes the most unloki loki uh, uh, ever where sylvie becomes the most loki loki yeah where sylvie you know chooses anarchy and chance and free will and you know she refuses to you know let this light pass i know some people had a problem with that they're like oh she didn't grow as much as a character in the end she basically did what she was always going to do honestly i think that fits for her character after yeah. all the horrible shit she suffered when given the chance yeah she's gonna try and break the wheel essentially and you know mm -hmm. bring freedom to the world even if it's scary ass multiversal freedom yeah yeah and and that that's pretty much confirmation that like because of what she did that created the multiverse and again that's season two stuff that's we need stuff for her to go with in season two <laughs> yeah and not only that 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 informs like all the movies that are coming out next like uh yeah uh doctor strange and the multiverse of madness mm. uh spider-man yep it's all there it's it's quite interesting too what they've done with kang where you know in the comics is like i'm a time guy but as we set up in uh avengers endgame there time is always creating alternate variants and alternate universes anyway so my ability to transverse time becomes an ability to transverse multiverses as well mm -hmm. it works yeah it works and it's good and again majors is a lot of fun and i cannot wait to see how he plays all the different versions of kang yeah i'm looking forward to like also the the, the, the kang the conqueror version of him as yeah. well which which we kind of get a teaser at the end there where we where uh, that that ending like twist where loki ends up in like an alternate multiverse somewhere yeah. where like he's just like a tva analyst yeah and no, it's like no it's like new it's like fresh versions of uh uh b12 and uh, uh mobius as winford says that jonathan majors could pull a tom cavanaugh and just show up in every project as a different kang yeah probably that's I think probably that's what's, what's gonna, gonna happen. happen yeah and then maybe the big avengers movie is we need to stop all the versions of kang who have joined forces yeah 
And they're probably going to do that thing too, where the other Kangs don't like each other. So like a Mortis well, doesn't like Scarlet Centurion. Well, you know like what's going to happen? The 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 after credits in a lot of these films is going to be Kang the Conqueror going around killing his variants, mm, pruning. Them. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, uh what is it? Uh, Renslayer and uh, Mobius. They kind of have a final standoff. Theirs felt a little half baked. Again, that feels <laughs> like this is going to be a season two thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, basically, you know, Owen Wilson is able to come there and prove that she's full of shit and they're all variants. And, you know, the TVA finds that out. But uh, it ultimately doesn't mean much because it seems like time was rewritten anyway. So maybe we're not in there, but we'll have to get back there. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Renslayer's obviously gone off to be with uh, Kang somewhere. A Kang be with, somewhere. Be with her lover, which tracks with the comics. Yep. What was that joke from Twitter I like there? Ah, oh, so the TVA ended up being a black-owned business. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, that's it's the ultimate black-owned business they own all of time. <laughs> there were time and space in the multiverse. <laughs> I also saw some people getting pissy, too, about Kang being like, oh, he's supposed to be blue. And I'm like, no, uh, no he isn't. That's a mask, you dumb it's shit. It's always been a mask. He's yeah. basically like, he's like alien Iron Man, you know? Yeah. That's that's not his real face. He's Nathaniel Richards under there. He's just a dude. <laughs> Which also, again, makes the future of what they're going to do with Fantastic Four interesting, too. Does that mean we're going to get some colorblind casting potentially for Fantastic Four and the Richards family? I, I could see that. But as a lot of people have po uh, have uh, posited as well, it's like, well, Kang is like a couple of generations removed. So far. So you can future. have like a white Reed Richards, but then also like his ancestors like could could be african-american or whatever it's true you could you could make some joke about that too where it's like oh i i didn't think you would be my answer but all right <laughs> that's cool i guess he's <laughs> like why why didn't you think reed why didn't you think that i'm related to yeah. you why do 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 tell me reed <laughs> and the thing is like oh just give up now stretch give up now before it's too late <laughs> you're smart but not so smart you won't keep talking <laughs> But yeah, very, very interesting finale. Totally not the finale I thought it was going to be. And I'm yeah. genuinely glad so many people liked it. Because again, I really thought like this would be like, ooh, people are going to hate this. Well, I, I, I kind of knew it was going to be like Kang or a Kang. But then like part of me was like, oh, what if it's just like, like, because I think a lot of people thought it was just going to be like another Loki, like the prime Loki. Yeah. Where, he, get, Loki. Yeah, where, he, Loki. where he gets like what he wants. Yeah. He gets to be king and everything. And they, that's what he like teases this Loki with and everything. Um, but yeah, I'm so glad it was Kang. Yeah. Me too. I mean, this also the fact too, as a lot of people were pausing. So the Disney plus shows 100% are must watch viewing now, if you want to know oh, what's yeah. happening in the movies, because, or at least you got to watch this episode because this is going to be the new big unifying thing. Well, not, not only that, this also means that that what if show is a hundred percent canon. Well, like canon within the, the Marvel uh, cinematic multiverse. Yeah, that these are official like, multiverses. Yeah, just because it's animated created. doesn't mean it's not canon or anything. It is. Yeah, yeah, that it's any less canonical to what the multiverse now looks like following this, which again, hey, perfect timing that this is the show that follows Loki. Well, I, it, again, I think that was meant to happen. Yeah, absolutely. These things, absolutely. They're, 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 it's not random or anything. No, they're not leaving that shit up to chance. And it's why we to. probably haven't had like a Spider-Man trailer or anything as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, you're right, because it's going to be multiverse. And like, no, 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 we got to lay the groundwork for it. If we have the trailer, it'll mm -hmm. spoil this. Yep. 
we don't, uh, what is it, need another Victoria Contessa Elaine from Seinfeld <laughs> situation where she shows up in one, but she was actually supposed to show up in the other first. Yep. Which I don't call that a spoiler because she serves the same purpose in both. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, that was Loki, everyone. And, yeah, it was pretty dope. Pretty dope. I'm looking forward to seeing where we're going to see Loki next because it's definitely not going to be season two of Loki. We're going to see him before that. Yeah. I reckon, I, I reckon Doctor Strange. Mm, yeah maybe he's dealing like with a the multiverse yeah maybe he's like a th- 11th hour addition there yeah or like a yeah after credit scene or something maybe that'll be like where they build him up in the after credits and of course now you definitely want to see loki rejoin the cast of thor at some point just to show mm-hmm. his brother how much he's grown and changed again thor could easily it could easily be in thor yeah somehow some way it yeah. is weird though know. to think that like this version we've got of loki now is the 2012 version yeah and it's had more character development than the actual one that went through the universe up to Infinity War. Uh, yeah. He, he got the Cliff Notes version of his life <laughs> and fell in love with himself, but it didn't work out. <laughs> Which is a shame. You know, if you, if, you can't, if you can't make a relationship with yourself work out, then I mean, you know. Yeah. What hope do you have? Anything. Yeah. What hope do you have? That's, <laughs> that's the real takeaway with Loki. Never fall in love with yourself. <laughs> It'll only lead to heartbreak and sword fights. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess on that note here, we can start bringing the show down officially. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for watching and listening. Uh, really appreciate it. Be sure to catch the episode again on the replay there. Uh, we launch it every Wednesday morning, 8 a.m. over mm-hmm. on the Cape Joel channel. If you're a patron, you'll get to listen to the audio and video version before anyone else over on Patreon. That's a dollar a month if you want to hear the audio version and $5 a month if you want to watch back the video version. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, thank you again so much for coming and hanging out both uh, tonight on this show and uh, the other day when I did my own stream on Twitch. I know I don't do it all the time, so I was really happy to get a chance to get out there and do it. Uh, anything else to say, Matt? Anything else to promote? Anything um, else you want? Not really. I'm, I'm going to be getting back into streaming this week as well. I've got like uh, hopefully like a, a less uh, busier week than it was last yeah. week. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be back streaming Yakuza and your, your Final nice. Fantasies. And people want me to stream like Demon Souls and everything. So probably be doing some of that as well. I am I am jealous of your output. I really wish I could stream <laughs> at the level and frequency that you do. It's, I, I need to first, A, get up earlier in the morning. I need to stop sleeping the days away in quarantine just because it's like, what? Well, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything. Well, a lot of my, mine is like middle of the night for me where it's like the easiest time I can do it. <laughs> True enough, yeah, that's definitely a good thing to uh, work out there. I used to stream at night, but it's just been so goddamn hot in Canada right yeah. now. Like, even even with the air conditioner and fan on, it's just like, ugh, I feel like I'm melting. Yeah. It's a bad time for it. But, uh, yeah, thank you, everyone, for coming and showing up and everything. It was a lot of fun. Thank you, Cosmic Reject, for the belated happy birthday. I appreciate that. We'll start winding the show down, everyone, and we'll be back again next week, same time, same place. Yeah, catch you guys later. Yeah, check us out there, everyone. Bye-bye.